0: Welcome back into a special edition of WWL Sports Talk. We are here at Rouse's Markets, 2701 Airline Drive till 7 o'clock. That's when we'll hand it off to the LSU Radio Network for our LSU men's hoops coming on tonight. We're at Rouse's though, the place to shop for liquor, wine, beer, and great food this holiday season, folks. Uh, the Cajun Cannon, Mike Detillier. Uh, like I said, here till 7 o'clock. You can also get a large one-pound pack Louisiana crawfish gentlemen. tails for just $9. Save $6 a pound. That limit of two per person here. Uh, guys, we're getting ready for our next segment. We'll be spying for the Saints when we talk to Paul DeTino from WFAN in New York. I'm sure we got a lot of questions about him. Obviously, the big story for the G-men right now at quarterback. And I know, uh, Cajun Cannon, you can kind of relate to this being, you know, a hometown guy and shining for, you know, your, your local team. and it, it, It's hard to top yeah. that.
1: Well, yeah, uh, especially uh, Jersey and uh, New York and uh, Tommy DeVito. Hey, I mean, oh, right. You no, know, it's like Mamma Mia, uh, you know, and it's like uh spicy meatball. Uh, no, it's like. No,
2: no, Steve could do that. He's a Jersey guy. Hey, forget, about forget about it.
1: Forget about it. Just win the game, uh, you know. <laughs> and uh, cover the spread. Well, but, uh, but, That'd be uh, nice. But the bottom line is to be, I don't know, uh, that's in his raising in his backyard right. the only thing is um, I mean once I left by Lafouche and I went to Northwestern and Akladesh I never moved back I never lived with my mom and dad again <laughs> uh, that, that's one thing and he's living with his mom and dad but a lot of the, the long, young gen Z is they don't leave the house right. They're like 25, 26. They're still living with the mom and dad.
0: Well, the mom's cooking but that good, I guess you know. Mom's cooking. Hey, mom's fixing the bed. Well, you,
1: you get to save your money, money and yeah. everything. And so free rent and well, everything. He, he, he
0: parlays this into a good deal, but he'll probably be taking care of mom and dad pretty well.
1: Well, the only thing is what I'm impressed by him, uh, he doesn't seem overwhelmed. But you know what? The state's got to make him overwhelmed. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, like his agent is uh, like saying, oh, we're going to New Orleans. No, you're coming to New Orleans.
2: You know, and he's a former college player, his agent. Played well, college football.
0: Where? at? a it small college, small yeah, yeah, college. Yeah well, I've seen been. his outfit for uh, the, the, the night game that just happened on Monday Night football. Right out of the Sopranos. Yeah, exactly. Huh? I was like, wow, it's like a perfect character. I mean, man, listen, you couldn't write a better script than that. Well,
1: they're kissing each other in the stands and all. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Uh, but, uh, you know, we have to uh, make it a nightmare when they come to the season Superdome. And the one thing is, uh, listen, he might be unbelievable and have an unbelievable passing game. But you let Saquon Barkley uh, run the football, and he's going to attempt to run. RPOs or whatever it might be, scrambling. You cannot let him have success running the ball because he'll have success passing it. You know, and everyone's all excited. But um, if you look at it, he only threw for 158 yards. But he's very accurate. 81%. 81%. He was 17 of 21. What did he end up running for? You know, of hand? And uh, 71 yards. 71. 71. 71. Oh, I was, oh, that can happen against the Saints. Uh. So, right now, if you told me over and under 50, I would say, oh, he'll probably have over that because he's going to be kamikaze. But his quarterback rating was 114. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, he's the first undrafted rookie since 1967 with a 100 plus rating and three straight starts. And his third, uh, he's the third undrafted rookie, I should say, since 1970 to win three-plus stars. It's like a movie. This is, this is truly like real life. Not Sylvester Stallone and Rocky, <laughs> even though Mark Shafizi always thought Rocky was for real. Remember when you talked to Mark? Bart-
2: yeah, because it was based said, no, a little uh, bit uh, off of Chuck Webner's okay. career in the 70s. But Chuck didn't win anything, uh, 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 <laughs> you know? Not, Chuck not, didn't uh, win anything. They just
0: took the story to the next level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, G- and, and give Sly
2: still on a lot of credit. He took that. And, boy, he made a series out of that. It nah, just wasn't know, a one-hit we'll wonder. He's He's still not, rolling not, with not, that.
1: Not, you know, the whole Rocky team. Right. Uh, no, this is like the football version um, But guys, you know, in, in, in New York. But think about it. Instead of Philadelphia. Uh,
2: Monday night, they ran the football 34 times for 209 yards. That's average 6 points, 6.1 yards a carry. And Saquon, he carried it 20 times for 86 yards. And then you add up DeVito, 71. And then Uh, Wendell uh, Robinson on the jet sweeps. He goes for uh, 36 yards. And Breida, who we've seen bounce all over the NFL from the 49ers to Miami, he's with the Giants now. He rushed the ball twice well, for 16 yards.
1: Uh, well, and, and, you know, it's uh, like uh, Saints fans who the next we take pride. We ain't going to do that against <laughs> us. I, uh, I, I, well, they, the, the reason why I say that, I don't know, you got to show me something. Now, I'm like Missouri, show me State. Yeah. Because all I know is uh, with the last game of the season, uh, is Atlanta going to attempt to run the ball? Considering the last three games, they got over 200 yards a game.
2: The last two times.
1: Three times. Three
2: times. Three
1: times. They got over 200 yards. So they're not going to do the same thing, and the Giants just got 200-plus yards? Okay. We better pack a lunch, and uh, I don't care, Da. whatever we got to do. Tommy DeVito. Uh, we, we Got to get whacked in no, New Orleans. He, he all of a sudden turns. No, Saquon, uh, 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 he's uh, first on the list. Yeah, instead, of, one. instead of Danny DeVito, he's turning to Tommy DeVito. And you got to make him beat you with his arm. Stop Saquon Barkley uh, running and don't let Tommy DeVito have success running. Think about we Make if, him be a, a passer at a high level.
2: If that game, if Saquon does not fumble the ball on that long run, it doesn't come down to the right, end. Right, right. Uh, they, 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 they would have game set matched it right then and there. Right, he you almost gave it away. And, and he fumbles the ball, and it was sort of a weird play that he got his balance, and then he fell and, and fumbled the football. But if that play didn't happen, the legend of Tommy DeVito wouldn't have been what it sort of is today. It would have still been big. But listen, if you were at the NFL PR department and you were like, Man, let's kick this around, guys, and come up with something that man we, that we haven't done in a while and, and figure out what could really promote the game and now the Jets and the Giants aren't playing well, who the hell would have come up with this story? That goes to show you that the real life uh, real life is, is much better <laughs> yes. than anybody that could write a book or a script.
1: Uh, yeah, and uh, you know I talked about Good Actor Who That Nation uh that you know, there's a bunch of teams six and seven, seven and six. You look nearly half the teams in the NFC are either six and seven or seven and six at the moment, right now. And I mentioned early to- what it takes to win the division. Uh, if the Saints win each of their final four games, they are guaranteed a playoff spot. So you might say, Okay, Bobby, what does it take to be a wild card? See, there's different scenarios. The NFL loves this.
0: Oh, I'd okay. imagine the wild card spot would be a heck of a lot tougher for Saints.
1: Okay. Now, I'm going to like, explain. i, I got to give Luke Johnson a lot of credit right okay. here. Now, the one thing we have going against is a poor conference record. Yeah. You yeah, know, when, when we sure. lost to Green Bay, Minnesota, damn it. If we're going to win those games. Flop that with uh, the, the, the Titans teams, The right. Titans are the Patriots. Yeah. You no, know, that's the games you want to win. But right now, the Saints have played four of the seven uh, teams all hovering around 500 and then 0-4 in those games against Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and Minnesota. Now, the second tiebreaker, the conference record, is also not a friend. New Orleans is 3-5 and five record against the fellow uh, NFC teams. We have the fourth uh, worst mark in the conference. So we have a chance on one of the final two wild card birds, uh, even though we don't win the division. The most likely way for the Saints uh, to do that is to play out and the Saints win their next two games. I'm telling you. You think like, oh, we don't have a chance. Uh, it depends. We lose to Bay uh, in Atlanta? No. A scenario, if we beat the Giants and the Rams, what? the Saints have an outside chance. Uh, and you have to split one of those division games, and you still could be a wild card. I'm telling you, we're in the hunt. We're in the hunt now. Uh, you don't want to get embarrassed if you're hosting a playoff <laughs> game or you in the playoffs but uh, it ain't over it ain't over
0: it's <laughs> over baby back with more sports talk right after this we'll do some spying for the saints checking out paul to paul detino wfan in new york another odyssey station be right back here on wwl welcome back into sports talk we are here live at rouse's market 2701 airline driving give us a stop by here we're here for another half hour till lsu basketball takes over on wwl and odyssey app mike some college football news coming out with some schedule release, and I know you got the uh, first couple games for LSU. Yeah,
2: just think about this: September first, we all knew about it. USC plays LSU, and they'll play that in Las Vegas. That's the money game early on.
1: Boy, that's 2 sorry-ass defenses. <laughs> so
2: you I mean, might want to take the over. <laughs> I mean, you better look at that <laughs> yeah. that first uh, over no, number.
1: You, you think LSU's defense is bad? <laughs> USC, you you USC's USC, oh they're terrible. Now nah, nah, I don't know. You know, who's playing quarterback and what's going to happen. There might be whoever has the ball last Wednesday. <laughs> September 7th
2: at LSU, uh, the Tigers play Nichols State, and every year they, they play. Uh, Mike,
1: did uh, they had to they cancel it? Because
2: they, of the COVID yeah, situation. Yeah, they a good, and, good for LSU. And so Nichols State, the Colonels get to travel. Uh, that's a short ride for them to go to uh, Baton Rouge. September 14th, on the road against South Carolina, who looks to be major players in the transfer portals. Man, they they got it out all over, tentacles all over to try to get players. Coach Beamer. uh, So third week of the season at South Carolina, September 21st at home, Chip Kelly and the UCLA Bruins play. In Baton Rouge.
1: So, I think this has to be the first time UCLA's ever come to uh, to Baton Rouge.
0: I know USC has. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but UCLA? Yeah, 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 uh, I Bob, moment. I don't remember that one. No, Man, uh, I can't uh, wait uh, to boot Chip Kelly, personally. Uh, no, oh, I, I, you, I, I, that I know for boy, sure. I,
1: I remember when that, that's when the USC was ranked, one of the loudest times have ever been in Tiger Stadium. When USC came to Tiger Stadium. And they had them. they had uh, Hobie Brenner, who I played with the Saints. Anthony the, Munoz. Anthony Munoz, the quarterback. Paul McDonald played with Love-hander. the Browns. Uh, no, no, the, the, uh, Ronnie, Lott, all. No, no, they had an uh, and, and LSU. I, I think they were, the humidity was so bad that game, if I recall. You, you, Hobie told me, I remember, they felt like they were dying in the second quarter. <laughs> I you know, remember
2: I, John Robinson telling me we had 40, yeah. 49 players on that roster for USC went on to play in the NFL. And he said, I looked at LSU, man, how are we losing late in the game like this? Right. And LSU had them. And the controversial call on Benji Thibodeau and everything else. And uh, USC ended up pulling it out and winning the national championship.
1: Charles White. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Charles White, the running back. But I'll tell you what, think about that. That's from a national perspective. To play early in the season, the same season, both USC and, and UCLA. You, goes uh, to
0: show how the world of college football has right, changed right. That, dramatically. That's big time. Guys, time to do a little spying for the Saints, helping to welcome in Paul Dettino, Giants reporter for WFAN in New York. How you doing today, Paul? Guys, good to be with you. Happy holidays. Same to you, Paul. Paul, we
2: were talking about this, that, uh, you know, for us, that the strata turns a drink on offense as much. Man, it's a great story and everything. But Saquon Barkley, how good of a back he is as a runner and a receiver. And when he's healthy, He's one of the top three or four uh, playmakers in the NFC. He's that good of a football player. Keeping him healthy has been the challenge. But, man, I'm so impressed with Saquon Bartley, uh, his all-around skills as a runner and a receiver. Well, I agree with you. And when you consider the injuries that he has
3: come back from and still performing at a very high level, uh, it really increases your respect for him. Uh, I think that... You know, when you look at this Giants team, uh, and I always go, Parcells used to tell us all the time, you know, fellas, uh, what you want to do is when you look at the other team, you want to you identify the headache players. You know, that is the guys on the other side of the field who are going to keep your coordinators up the entire night on Monday when you're trying to figure out a game plan. And Saquon Barkley is a headache player. And for the Giants... He's been the only headache player on the offensive side of the ball for the last several years. Now, they thought Darren Waller was going to be their second headache player on offense, but he, of course, has been dealing with injuries too this year, and right now we're not even sure if he's going to be available for the New Orleans game or not. So uh, it makes things a little bit easier for the, uh, the Saints defense to, uh, to kind of game plan for him.
1: Now, uh, uh, Paul, uh, quarterback Tommy DeVito, obviously uh, what he's done, uh, making history. It's like a real-life Rocky movie instead of Philadelphia and New York, Jersey, uh, the whole aspect there. But uh, I'm looking at the first undrafted rookie since 1967 with a 100-plus uh, rating and three straight starts. Now you have to look at it at Washington, New England, and Green Bay on Monday night. And then uh, the third undrafted rookie since 1970 to win three-plus starts. Again, you got to look at the opponent. Are they just embracing the uh, veto? And as far as the Giants fan base, because realistically, uh, the Saints are still in the hunt because of the weak NFC South. But I'm looking at the Giants uh, after New Orleans. They got to go Christmas Day at Philadelphia on Christmas Day, Monday night, and then you got the Rams at home, and then you got Philadelphia again. I mean, uh, the, the Giants. You might say they uh, still have a chance. But I'd be almost slim to none that they could be in this postseason. Well, you just totally put cold water on this whole thing
3: when you mentioned those two games against Philadelphia coming up, okay? <laughs> because that's really where where the, uh, the whole race dies for the Giants. Because, look, I, I don't think there's any doubt that they can be competitive and possibly beat the Saints and do the same with the Rams. I just don't know that they match up at all with Philadelphia, even in their wildest dreams. Now, if Philadelphia has already clinched the number one spot or whatever it is that they're slotted into two and they're stuck there by the end of the regular season and they decide they're going to play all their backups, well, who knows? So maybe maybe the Giants can, can, can steal a game there. But even so, what kind of maxes them out at three more wins. Now, is eight and nine going to get you into the playoffs? Well, you know what? Maybe it will this year in the, in the NFC because it's so mediocre, uh, which is why it's interesting from the Giants' perspective. The teams that, they, that are looking up, they have to look up at. The Saints, the Rams, the Packers, uh, Seahawks is another one. Well, they've lost to the Seahawks already this year. But if, if they've already beaten Green Bay, that helps them in a tiebreaker. If they're going to get to eight wins, they're going to have to beat the Rams and the Saints both. That would help them in a tiebreaker. I'm still not very sure that there's a heck of a lot of chance here for the Giants to make it, but the good news is that this fan base, which has seen the first half of the season totally destroyed by just a litany of injuries, now has at least some fun with the season. And after all, isn't that what a fan's being all about? You root for the team to have fun. And Tommy DeVito and what this team has done is they've gotten some of their injured players back is produce some fun and some good times. And that, that's really what the Giants fans are all about right now. And if they, if they win this weekend, they can extend that at least for another week.
1: Now, uh, you know, Paul, uh, you know, this is a Louisiana name, even though he played at University of Oregon, <laughs> Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, boy, you know, it looked like, well, yeah. I don't know if that was the right draft pick, but I'm looking right now at career highs and tackles for loss with 12. 11 and a half sacks and uh, three forced fumbles this season. Uh, are the Giants fans, are they on that uh, bandwagon, think Well, they can understand now why the organization uh, drafted Kayvon Thibodeau so high?
3: Yeah, they're finally starting to understand it. I mean, last season, you know, this first half of the year, he was beset by a sprained MCL that he got very, very early on. I think it was the last week of training camp. Actually, uh, well, last week, uh, yeah, it was during the preseason he did it. And the whole first half of the season, he wasn't the player that they, they had drafted. He was wearing a knee brace. Several linebackers who I've talked to who were since retired all said to me, well, we could see it. And I'm telling you now, with the, with the knee brace on, his athleticism is greatly reduced. He's just not the same guy. And it was obvious. Once he got the knee brace off in the middle of the year, you start to see it coming back. And the rust was starting to scrape off. And by the time the season was over, it was like, hmm, I think we're going to look forward to 2023 because we just may see the guy who they thought they drafted. Well, that's exactly what's happened this year. This is the guy that the Giants, you know, made a top ten pick. Uh, And and to be frank with you, he is a better all-around player than a lot of draft gurus thought he would be. He plays the run extremely well. He's interested in stopping the run. Most, most of these pass rushers, you know, you Simeon Rice types, they will ignore the run, and they just want to get to the quarterback and get on ESPN Sports Center. They're salivating to get to the QB, and you could run right by him with a woman in a wheelchair, and they wouldn't give a crap. Well, that's not the case with Kayvon Thibodeau. And so uh, the Giants are extremely pleased with him, and, and I think the fan base understands it now.
1: Now, uh, Paul, uh, what about, I don't know, I'm going to butcher his last name. He has the same first name as me, uh, Bobby Ricky uh, or how, how do you say his name? Oh, Bobby Okereke. Oh, okay, uh, Okereke, okay. I'm looking, I don't know, I look in the NFL as the only player this season uh, with 100-plus tackles at 119 right now with nine tackles for loss and also active with passes, defended with eight. Uh, is he a fan favorite for the Giants?
3: People are really warming up to him. He got here as a free agent from the Colts during the offseason. When he was in Indianapolis, he would split his time on the outside and also playing in some inside linebacker. Very versatile player, very athletic, very, very smart, very instinctive, uh, and plays all three downs. He leads the National Football League this year in tackles against the run. I believe he's up to like 54 right now. Uh, which, again, is tops in the league. Playing at a pro ball level, I'm sure because the Giants' record is what it is, he's not going to get enough support to get there. But I'm telling you, he's playing that well. He can cover tight ends and running backs. Um, he penetrates the line of scrimmage and can blitz. Uh, he can get those tackles for a loss. Uh, has sideline to sideline range. Can get downfield. When I say cover, I'm talking about he can get 10, 15 yards downfield and cover guys. Uh, he has the first month of the season was trying to kind of weave his way into the system with Wake Martindale, you know, the defensive coordinator. And he wasn't familiar with his teammates. And that first month, it was like, Oh boy, he's just a guy, you know, I don't, I don't really get it. And then after that first month, all of a
2: sudden it just clicked. And since then he has been playing lights out. Really, really good player. Wow. This is a couple years back. We do the Louisiana line camp here, and the legendary Pete Jenkins, defensive line coach, um, he had just spent a couple days, I think it was a week in Clemson, and he tells me, he said, Michael, um, there's a defensive lineman there, Dexter Lawrence. He said uh, he's just a, uh, coming off his freshman year. I'll bet you anything you got. Uh, he ends up being a first-round pick, and he's just not a good player. He got a chance to be a great player, Dexter Lawrence. And he said, just remember his name. Um, he said, because they got three of them that'll be first-round picks. But Manny said, I love an interior guy that can clog everything up. But he said he can push the inside like very few defensive linemen I've ever seen. Dexter Lawrence has been a great pickup for the Giants. You know,
3: it's funny. Uh, Wink Martindale gets here before last season as the Giants' new defensive coordinator when the new coaching staff came in. And he said his first mission was uh, if – Dexter Lawrence does not become a Pro Bowl player in my scheme and the way we're going to use him, then it's all my fault. See, what happened was Dexter was playing defensive end in a 3-4 front when he first got here, and he was a good player. There's no question. He was a good player, a first-round draft pick, you know, um, who, who people were like, yeah, you know, he's good. Well, <laughs> uh, what the, the, the Giants did with Wink is they, they moved him into the the nose tackle spot, okay? And that just created an entirely different scenario for him because now he is just eating centers for lunch. Centers and guards have to do two, uh, you know, combo blocks to even have a chance of trying to prevent him from getting in the backfield. And it's funny because, you know, the the new wave was supposed to be that the new dominant defensive tackles were all going to be thin, athletic, Finesse. Aaron Donald was supposed to be the prototype, you know, for the new defensive tackle wave in the National Football League. Dexter uh, Hards is far from that. he guys, got, what, 340 pounds, and he's just an absolute beast, and, and he should not be able to move like he does. That, that's the funny part about it. He gets up and down the line to stop runs. He anchors and stops runs. He commands two bodies to let guys like O'Kerry clean up and and make tackles. And then he also pushes the pocket. And sometimes will just blow by double teams and get to the quarterback by himself. He's a freak. He truly is a freak. And and it's good to see him over the last two seasons get the kind of credit he deserves.
1: Now, uh, Paul, I want to pick your brain on this. uh, I want maybe a a slight comparison. uh, Different regions of the country – But we all uh, appreciate homegrown uh, folks uh, that maybe you think you maybe could relate to or understand where they come from, and all of a sudden, it's reality. And that being Tommy DeVito. You know, I was raised 50 miles south in New Orleans uh, on the bayou uh, with all the Cajuns and then getting to play for the Saints. And with Tommy DeVito, just describe to the fans from a Jersey or New York perspective, I mean, uh, it's almost like uh, a lifetime movie or <laughs> something. Now, uh, the one thing I told Mike to tell you this, and everyone at the station, I said, "Let me tell you, you know what's the key? Can he do this for two months plus?" Yep. Because I've been around uh, players, and I played 15 years, you know, counting USFL, whatever. Uh, that you could do a lot for like three or four games, and they don't really have a book on you. But you get past a month. And when you're getting to four, five, six games, and Warren Moon and I had talked about this, uh, you, you better know where you're going with the football because you might not be able to ad-lib like you want to. Now you RPOs or whatever, and he does a great job with his feet. But I think uh, I'm still going to, I'm taking a wait-and-see approach. It's a great feel-good story. But uh, to me, I would look at it after six, seven, eight games to see where he's at. Uh, now, he's putting pressure on Daniel Jones. I'm sure uh, uh, Giants fans love that, considering they're probably saying Daniel Jones is stealing money. When the hell are we paying him all of that? Uh, but I want you just to break that down, because I, I think it's something that the common football fan, especially homegrown, it doesn't get any better than this.
3: Yeah, well, you know, I think, Bobby, you've got a couple of different story angles at work here that has kind of formed the perception and the hype about what Tommy DeVito is. I think the first thing is he's an underdog, okay? He comes in as an undrafted rookie free agent, spent some time at Syracuse and in Illinois, gets the Giants rookie uh, minicamp, and, you know, he's just an afterthought. He's just a guy who's throwing a football around. And, and no one has even given him a second thought at that point. Well, then suddenly somehow he winds up opening the, the season after having a really good preseason and, and a nice camp, He winds up on the practice squad, but he's still an afterthought. And even though he's a local kid, and you know he lives 15 minutes from the stadium, and he went to high school 20 minutes from the stadium, it's still just kind of a nice practice squad story. But all of a sudden, now what happens? He gets an opportunity to play after Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor both go down, and he's doing what he's doing. He's being efficient. He's obviously taking advantage of what has been a soft schedule the past three weeks. In addition to the fact that the Giants' defense uh, has gotten healthier and gelled, uh, in addition to that, the Giants have now had the same starting five offensive line for the f- uh, for the last four games. And that's the longest streak they've gone all season with the same starting five offensive linemen. That has helped him. The fact that Saquon Barkley is back in the lineup – You know, we joined the lineup uh, a couple of months back. You know, he missed three games. He had a badly sprained ankle. Uh, That has helped him. So there's a lot of stuff that has gone into the situation that has really allowed Tommy DeVito to max out, if you will. Now, I will say this to you. He's got two things going for him, Bobby. And, look, I watched you play in the USFL, and you dominated that league. It was sensational, and and I, I commend you for that. I think one of the the things I want to tell you about Tommy is that he's got Jersey grit. And what do I mean by that? Well, he doesn't get overwhelmed by anything. He doesn't panic. He's not intimidated. And when you've got that on your side mentally, it's already part of the battle. Bobby, I I know you've seen players. I know I've seen them in 41 years of covering this team in the National Football League. I've seen guys who are already partly defeated mentally and emotionally before they even took a snap. That's not the case with this kid. He's got the right mentality. He's got that fight and that dog in him. He doesn't. He doesn't back down, and he doesn't think anything things too big for him. Like he was saying that he's been saying to us now for weeks. I've been playing football since I was five years old. I love the game. I just go out there and I just want to do it. And and everything else is outside stuff that doesn't matter to him. He just focuses on his own game and what he wants to do. And that's that's that Jersey grit. Because the Jersey Italians, the Paisans, the, the Sopranos that you guys watched on TV with HBO, they pretty much say, look, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm just going to do it. And that's it. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, what anybody else says. I'm just going to do it. He
0: brings that mentality
3: to his play.
0: All right, Paul. Paul, definitely appreciate it. Tom, Thank you. That was New York Giants Uh reporter for WFAN. Be back with more sports talk right after this here on WWL. Thanks again to Paul Dettino from WFAN in New York for joining us. Went a little long with that segment, so we're going to take a quick break again and be right back at Rouse's Market here at 2701 airline drive right after this on wwl welcome back into sports talk closing things out here from the rouse's market on 2701 airline drive here uh guys want to give a big shout out and thank you obviously to rouses for hosting us always uh, great man, it's time. always great to be here uh, at rouse's, though, the, the food the environment it's the awesome. people everything here is always awesome and
2: everybody coming in come tell us hello giving the who that you know they want them to win you know, uh, got a little complaining with it, but I get it. You know, that that's part of being a fan. You know, you got a little bit of a complaint. But uh, they want the Saints to win, and great to see everybody today.
1: Well, uh, hopefully uh, we can win. And uh, the bottom line is the playoffs are now. And, again, this is not an opinion. Uh, everybody, look, uh, nearly half the teams in the NFC are 6-7, and 7-6. Seven, seven and six. Right now, uh, look, if the Saints win each of their final four games, we're guaranteed a playoff spot. Hello. So just win, baby. Who that?
2: Come on. Who that? Win. Hey, congratulations to Mo and Robert Valdez. New head coach now at St. Aug. He was uh, at St. James for a long period of time, went coach with Hugh Jackson at Grambling. Now, uh, Robert Valdez, new head coach at St. Aug. All How
1: right. Was- Bonne nuit. Les chans. Good night, people. Who that? Go Saints.